so you have to have really ha- good yeah, posture. Yeah, whereas I'm in one of my like old lady tops where I can do this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, exactly. So I, I feel myself really comfy. No, no excuse for bad mm-hmm. posture today, whereas you're giving yourself more excuse, but I ha- otherwise I'm just going to look very unflattered. Well, I um, last week I did kind of keep wanting to hit you on the back, but I thought I, she's already down. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Don't kick, it. Don't kick a good horse when it's down. Is that the phrase? Alfie, um, no, I, we don't put a good dog down. Sorry, that's the. That's isn't the, a horse? You don't put a good horse down. No, no, no. We don't put a good dog down. That's that 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 dog kennel where they put where they don't kill the dogs. That's really funny because mm. yesterday I was talking to Alfie about um, careers mm. in our usual like you know romantic walk. Yeah. And um, I was trying to do an analogy about how I feel about my lack of skills slash any talent whatsoever, mm-hmm. and. Um, I, I, I thought it was a beautiful analogy. Great. Um, where I said, it's like, you know, when those dogs are running, mm. racing, they're racing, the do- all the dogs. Wow, what an image. Um, and they're, whatever dog is is go is winning, Yeah. I, I pick. Yeah. But I might have a slow dog mm. who's just, you know, chugging along and he eventually chugging. gets- Chugging, that's, chugging that's a good use of that word. It's not ch- chunning, chunning. Ch- chugging um, trotting maybe. trotting it's probably because of that kids show chuggington which is trains yeah anyway <laughs> i have um, no idea what what the analogy is anymore so you so you see the dogs racing yeah are they in a circle oh no they're not in a circle i'm thinking of a, a racing track like runners well imagine <laughs> imagine humans are on a running track yeah but athletes. they're, they're do- athletes but they're dog athletes. okay they're dog athletes <laughs> and i have one good dog you mean so- like a greyhound because greyhounds do run in a circle. That's what I mean. I mean, greyhound racing, that's what I'm, thank you. Alfie didn't know that, he just said dog racing. Anyway, so I have a couple of steady, <laughs> oh, bless you. <laughs> I have whenever, a couple- I, whenever I do a fake cry, I always sneeze. Whenever I pretend to cry, I always sneeze. Really? I wasn't pretending to cry just then, but that was just a fun, oh, okay, interesting cool. fact. There's a bad analogy, so if you were crying, that'd be acceptable. Yeah. But anyway, so I have a couple of steady dogs, uh-huh. good dogs, like my doodles, and my, um, we'll say just my doodles. And then I have maybe a dog that unexpectedly is winning the race. Yeah. Like, say, a novel that a just novel. came out of nowhere. A novel, an incredible <laughs> novel that's just dropped out of the sky. Exactly. Who thought that yeah. would happen? And then I choose that one for a bit. But mm-hmm. then if I have a surprise dog, mm-hmm. I might follow that one. But I don't have any, I wouldn't say, this is my dog. <laughs> You hate dogs as well. That's what makes this all so confusing. Although we did see a um, a couple were standing outside a coffee shop when before lockdown, and um, we it was like they had been placed this mm, couple mm. to come up to us with this dog that was annoyingly beautiful. Mm-hmm. It was a poodle cross something, mm-hmm. and because Alfie's you know petitioning for a dog, yeah, and I you know hate dogs, yeah. So I I tried not to speak to this couple, but they couldn't get away from us and the kids were all over the dog loving this dog and the couple just immediately started saying in it like reeling off bullet points of how amazing getting a poodle was Mm -hmm. and why we had to have a poodle it was hypoallergenic it was friendly it was good for the kids brains it was like they were selling me their own poodle Mm -hmm. and so i i now like poodles so they're the the only dog i like now oh wow yeah 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 I like poodles too. Although I don't like um, when they combine the two dog names and it's something weird like Kaboodle or like Kaboodle. Yeah, it's just like there's something incredibly strange to me about that. Mm, just anything with poo in. Yeah, I know. You hate that, don't you? hate it. I hate it. But anyway, yeah, I am considering getting a poodle. Okay. Eventually, well. that, that doesn't shed. And what I've decided is if we are going to get a dog, which is, I think, unfortunately going to happen, mm-hmm. I think what we're going to do is going to have a 
a front door, but then a dog front door. So I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna have a a, a, a foot bath mm-hmm. for the dog right by the door, so we can't pad around. Exactly. Yeah, because I think that's what contributes to the really kind of like uh, bad smell in people's houses who have dogs because they just like tread mud everywhere. They know? don't have a foot bath. They don't have a little foot. Bath. Exactly. You, in fact, you, you should trademark that and sell it <laughs> I'm going to. to other OCD anal people. Exactly. So before I leave the house on the dog walk, I'll fill a little bucket with mm-hmm. warm soapy water. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And say, this is what you're going to get him when you get home. Yeah, exactly. You can train him to do that mm-hmm. from the beginning. Wow. It's such well, a clever idea, that's actually. That's actually a really good idea. Yeah. 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 And also, I'll just employ someone to pick up the shit, which I'm yeah. never, ever going to pick yeah, yeah. up. Yeah, well, I, I always find really funny. I, ge- I do genuinely think that having a dog is like quite a lovely lifestyle. There are so many benefits. But the fact is, when you see somebody that you really think is cool and that you respect out and they're having a conversation with you and then you realise that they're holding like a bag of shit. (laughs) It's so ridiculous. I know. You'd never never view that person the same way again. So I just don't want to put myself in that position. Yeah, and also I was, we were, the other day I saw a friend's dog and they picked up the poo with the bag and then they, they weren't, then they put it in the bin and I was like, are you not going to antibacterial hands? And they're like, no, it's just not going to come through the plastic, is it? I said, you don't know that. You don't know that. It's just a different world. It's a different world. It is. They they have different. They 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 deal with more. Exactly. Their capacity for just kind of easy breeziness. Wow. I mm. wish. I wish that I possessed that. Yeah, but that's the thing about kind of living and different humans. Mm-hmm. You, like with kids, I'm dealing with more every day than you are. But yeah. that's not to say that I'm dealing with things better or I have to. It's just you 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 cope with more or more stuff happens and you just deal with it and. I wouldn't have to, I don't deal with a load of the stuff in your life daily that mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily know yeah. how to handle. So maybe we would be really good dog owners. We I just, just don't couldn't, know. I couldn't, I couldn't. Well, it sounds like that was a beautiful analogy. Uh, my dog racing analogy, yeah, yeah for my yeah. career. Yeah. It's true, because I don't have any set. Because you don't know which dog is going to win the race no. whenever you're at the, the Greyhound races, as we as we may want to be. But I have the sense to follow the good, re- the good dog. Yeah. Yeah. So and if that out. dog fails me, I'll just kill it. <laughs> <laughs> And say fuck you. I'm not using you again. I'm gonna play with those cats <laughs> before it gets killed. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So sure. yeah, it was a good career walk. Yeah, really good career walk. I had a good career talk with um, Horatio the other day, um, but it wasn't really a, a career talk. It was just me uh, getting upset because he, he said something probably completely nice and harmless and useful about me not Instagramming enough, and I just started crying. <laughs> And you don't Instagram enough. I don't Instagram enough. I could, we could do this whole, this actually, this podcast, the theme of this podcast is why BB should Instagram more. Okay? I just think what's funny is it seems that like in a boyfriend I have found the male version of you. Who okay. <laughs> <laughs> is so able to get down to the nubs of my insecurity when it comes to social media, etc. It's, basi- it's basically you have married um, a manager. Exactly. And I am not married. To, exactly. you, you're not married. My, you, none of us are married. You're married to the male. <laughs> you're with the male version of me. Yeah. Because Alfie is just like me. And Horatio is the male version of you. Yeah. It's really funny. What does that say about us? Well, also, what's it? Probably not true. I was about to say. And you know, when we're fighting, Horatio's on my side and Alfie's on your side, but actually, probably no one's on my side. No, 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 no. <laughs> Horatio is actually very often on your side when it comes to me being like a little bitch about stuff. But anyway, yeah, no, we had a good uh, career chat the other day. And I don't know, after it was all done, I felt so much better. And um, I don't know, I just, 
I just think it's so silly that social media and uh, stuff like that has the capacity to upset us so much. But it's you get upset, what, usually you only get upset and I only get upset. Most people only get upset when there's a, a, a little bit of truth in what they're saying to you. Absolutely. And it's true that if you're in this kind of business, you do need to have some kind of... Um, Outward facing like representation of yourself. Um, and I don't know, like it's not about social media, it's about what posting on social media represents. Mm -hmm. It represents the fact that you feel confident in yourself, it represents that you feel like you are worthy and have something to say. And I use all these different excuses to basically justify the fact that sometimes I just, I feel like, you know, oh no, you, no, you no, double I, I guess, can't. you second guess everything. Yeah. So you think I don't? I don't have any <laughs> use of language. Don't, don't, I, I mean, I literally have no sleep in my life anymore. So um, sorry about that. But yeah, you overthink to the the extent that you you think what you're doing is bad. When totally, I don't really have that. But also, I treat it as a different thing. That was just so you. I'm so it's so natural for me to post stuff. Or yeah. too natural. And but Alfie has exactly the same problem. Mm -hmm. He he just he waits too long, and then sometimes he even he even says stuff like I sent him a really good photo so the other day he was boxing with Donnie and I was like this is really nice you know just post it online say oh I'll be back soon sorry or whatever um and he's like oh yeah yeah I'll do that two days later it doesn't happen and then I feel silly for being like did you not did you not did you not Instagram that yeah exactly like Horatio took a funny little video of me or something and he was like did you put that on your thing and I was like no and he was like why and it was just so funny because you just have these two completely different like to me it was like why would I post something like that and for him it was mm. like why wouldn't you well you're definitely the more sane that's a sane thing but um it's it's what you want out of it really mm -hmm. if you if you do want I at my end goal is to have I, I don't know it's something I enjoy mm -hmm. and if you don't enjoy get off but then what I don't understand about you and a lot of people like you who um look but don't post mm -hmm. so why are you even looking then if you don't, don't want to be involved get off yeah but I don't look that much I try no. my hardest not to use Instagram too much but what I will what I do think is a contradiction and very much like hypocrisy within myself is that I think I disguise a lot of the reasons why I don't use social media as like me being actually like quite judgmental of how some people use it and I'll become not obsessed, but definitely quite sort of transfixed by certain people on social media around my age, around similar kind of career type things who use it in such an annoying way, in such a like kind of preachy, like over woke way or like they just like do stuff. They post like random shit that's like really annoying and I'll kind of bitch about it in my head in my own dialogue. But the fact is, I'm still impressed with them for having mm. posted. Mm. And I'm probably just jealous, which yeah. is why I keep a keen yeah. eye. You're jealous I mean, for me. Exactly, me. exactly. Yeah. You're the bitch that I was talking about. No, I'm joking. Mm. Um, I started using hashtags, which is thrilling. <laughs> Seriously, I started using, I'm like, I, this is fun. I could get into this. Yeah. And then I realized, oh, people are hashtagging because it gets more followers. Exactly. Not that I want more followers, but I just now, I never understood hashtags. Now yeah, I do. Exactly. Anyway, we've got a really cool, um, someone said that we'd be good travel presenters. Wow. How do you feel about that? Well, I mean, I don't think that we're exactly like the vision of um, <laughs> travel, you know? Like, I've, I've barely been to anywhere. And the, the few times that I have traveled, I've always like made a complete song and dance out You've of been it. to Cornwall? I did. I went to Cornwall, yeah. <laughs> that was really exciting. Um, yeah, that does feel a very long way away. No, I mean, when I went into reading after my um, A-levels, that was great, but at the same time, I also hated every second of it. So I really am not a traveller, and I, I kind of am slightly worried that for myself that I have no inclination to travel. Mm -hmm. I don't have any inclination to travel outside the house or, or West London. Mm -hmm. It might just be because we're so unfamiliar with the concept of it right now. Wherever I live, I, I like living there. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> but I think as my as I get older and as my attitude towards um, like career and stuff changes, I think maybe part of the reason why I didn't want to travel before was because genuinely naively I was like, no, I can't take a big trip. I might get a big audition. Yeah. <laughs> or Where, don't book a holiday. Exactly, don't book a holiday. Whereas now it's like, fuck that. Actually, it'd be so cool to live in a different country for six months to like just be able to pick up your suitcase and go. Obviously, I'm not saying that would ever happen, but I think I've got a probably a much more open-minded view towards it now. Yeah. I mean, the only place that we've travelled together kind of successfully um, is LA, obviously. You mean that we actually got there? We actually yeah, got we, there. We got we there stayed on the plane. And we it did It wasn't things. a successful career no, trip. No, 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 of course not. Um, but, you know, it was an experience mm-hmm. and one I will never forget. Actually, mm-hmm. I'm still quite haunted by. In fact, mummy told me um, that the first time you went to LA for like pilot season, you suddenly had to stay behind, right? Because you had a big audition in London. So she went ahead of you. And yeah. she was telling me that she was just amazed that she got to America, had never been to California, had to go to the airport, rent a car and drive all the way through Hollywood, this place that she'd never been before in a car on the opposite side of the road. Yeah. And she said it was just a terrifying but very exhilarating experience. Oh, she was so happy when I got there. And I, I just thought there. that was so sweet that she yeah. was doing that for you. And she set up the whole place for me. And I only had like three auditions mm. the entire time I was there. Mm. I lived there for three months and I had three auditions. <laughs> That's so <laughs> funny. But that did start me writing. That was when I started writing. How old were you? I was your age. Oh my God. I was your age. I, I, had, I had no auditions. I'd been kind of put up with this manager who... I mean, I just, I can't believe she was allowed to be a manager. She, oh, this, oh, this one day she, after she met me, she was like, are you, are you working out? Are you working out? This was on a phone call. She, she rang me up just to say that. She didn't even say hello. Are you working out? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Because I can't really tell because you always wear like big dresses. Um, and then she hung up the phone. Oh my God. That was it. And then one time she rang me about the, one of the auditions I had and then she said um okay well let's touch base tomorrow at 10 and I was so innocent I thought that touch base means meet up so I drove the car can oh you believe I God. drove oh I got God. up early I like made sure I looked nice I thought oh she wants to see me you know touching base oh my um, God and you just turned up at her office I turned up at her office and I sat in the reception and the receptionist was like uh, who are you? And I was like, I'm here, I'm here to see, mm, I'm here to see, yeah, she said, you know, we've got a meeting, you know. And um, the receptionist looked at me like she, you know, as if you don't have a meeting. Yeah. W- walked back to the office and I heard her say, um, you got Jessie Cave here. She says that she's like, you know, blah, blah, blah. and I heard the manager say, what? I said touch base. I said touch base. And she didn't even come out to say, look, Jessie, I'm sorry, you know, actually you didn't. Um, and so the receptionist came out like this, being like, oh, yeah, you don't, you know what I mean? She said she'll call you later. Oh <laughs> my God. It is so brutal over there. I know. And then they did this weird thing of having headshots printed out yeah, back yeah, yeah, then. Yeah. No, Can no, you they, imagine that now? They still, I mean, uh, even though it was like now, probably like four years ago when I was there for some auditions, I, I remember going into a room to for an audition for like, Literally, it was listed as a frumpy girl, girl next door, best friend, not conventionally like beautiful. And I walk in, and it's a room of models, literal models, who are all called Brittany, and they all have headshots as well. Yeah. And I was the only person that didn't have one. And I asked why. I was like, is that necessary? Did they ask you to bring that? And then the girl that was sitting next to me, who was 
just stunningly beautiful but also seemingly approachable was like oh no no, no I, I just did it you know like for that extra something and yet they all had it and that, it they probably just so put them in the terrifying. bin they probably just put them in the bin and maybe exactly. it probably means that they don't have to look at anything other than no bin yeah um but I after I realized this manager was not for me yeah Oh, I had this funny experience where she she looked after Denise Richardson, you know Charlie Sheen's ex-wife, the Baywatch star. Oh, cool. Yeah, they had this big divorce. You, yeah. You, anyway, she had a little dog, Denise Richards, and on one of the meetings that I was in there, where they were like, "You're just so quirky. You're just, I just love it, and I love your acts, and you're just so quirky. Are those glasses real?" Mm. And anyway, Denise Richardson was outside with her little dog, and I, I kind of. I must have looked at Denise with a smile or something. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) they took that as I was a Denise. (laughs) What? (laughs) They thought that my look at her meant that I was like a big fan of Denise Richardson. When I really wasn't. Mm. I didn't really know who she was. And so they all, it was like, I don't know why there was like four of them in there. And they all stood up. They looked at me like, we're going to give you a treat. They went... Sorry, Tandy, wait. I'm telling a funny thing. <laughs> and they went out. They got. They t- spoke to Denise Richardson, and I saw them be like, "She's in there. She's a bit, you know. She's got glasses. You, know, but <laughs> you just go in there and you just, you know." They brought Denise in with the dog, and Denise was like this, and I had to be like, "Oh, hi! It's so lovely to, <laughs> so <laughs> to meet you, Denise." <laughs> Thank you. And they're like, do you want to hold her dog? <laughs> oh my god! And I just, I, I did not want to hold her dog because I'm not a dog person. But I was like, yeah, I, I do. Oh my god! And they let me hold the dog. And then Denise came up to me and did this to my nose. You were, <laughs> you were just so, you were just adorable. Oh god, that was more of a. That was more for her than it was for you. How fascinating. Yeah. Like that just, I think, sums up LA in a nutshell. It's actually more about the people craving attention mm-hmm. than the people craving to like see stars and whatever. And I also Ugh, found when we wow. went there last time, all of the people, we had like lots of meetings. Yeah. It was really nice, mm-hmm. but it was for writing this time, which was even actually, which was way nicer. Which was so much nicer, but I'm just remembering that last meeting <laughs> that we went to. <laughs> yes. We were pitching like animation ideas and stuff and we were like so honestly our attitude was so great, so mm-hmm. carefree. We were like, fuck it, let's just go in or you know, like we can say whatever <laughs> the fuck we want and we go into this big place and then it was like the hottest day of the year and um so our mum and Jamie were just waiting in this baking car outside, outside for like must have been two hours or something. They were in their while and the the the, the guy who was lovely, the he head was he he was like so so where are you going back to? And we're like oh we just uh you know we got the car. Like, Who's in the car? He, oh you, you drive? Well no our mum drove us and our brother. Oh well, I'll come out and meet him. <laughs> they were both asleep. <laughs> they were falling asleep out of the heat and like Jamie taking his shirt off. They and they, just, they looked like they looked like abused children that we'd left <laughs> in the car and they had to stand up. They were all drowsy and we were like this is them. This is they're from the them from the production house and he was like oh well wasn't this a cute look? family oh a road trip huh it was so embarrassing it was so embarrassing he was quite nice but i think he was very startled by our whole vibe yeah and also the funny thing is we came out of that meeting be like we've got that you're like we got that that. in the bag that will happen it's so easy to bullshit over there but they are just as capable of making you feel like 
you know, they're going to do something with it and they're not. So it was, a, it was really interesting to be there on the other side of things. But I, I think yeah. almost every meeting they asked us if we had gone to Universal Studios. Yeah. Have you, have you, have you have been to Universal? Universal? <laughs> As if, you know, that's why we came. Exactly. And we did go. Exactly. We did go. We'd look like the type of people that come for the roller coasters, for sure. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. Mm. We're just doing a podcast. Yeah, we are. Is it Bibi and me making up? Or is it Bibi and I? Bibi and I. <laughs> I never know that. When I sometimes see people... Bibi and me is like the informal way, so mm. it's not really a big deal. Oh, no, you can just go back to sleep. Do you want to go back to sleep? Yeah, you can. Do. Okay, I'll get him. Look at how he's looking at you. Do you have anything topical to say? Oh, that was topical. Wow. I agree. I want to be swaddled like that. It looks so comfy wompy. <laughs> oh, there we go. Um, but yeah, LA was just a wowzer. Would you pour this milk into this bottle for me? So I'll, I'll get it out for you. So just hold that open. Don't touch the tea. Don't touch the tea. Um, we'll just have a little pause. Do I take this off? Oh yeah, sorry. So just, this is an LV pump, which is actually amazing. If anyone is listening and is considering getting an LV pump. Ooh, somebody's produced a lot of milk today. No, that's like three days. <laughs> that sounds disgusting, doesn't it, when you say it like that? Mm, um, but I want to taste some. It tastes like almond milk. Rude health almond milk, though. Ooh, the, the nice good one. one. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's got something in it that makes it addictive. I remember when I was trying to be vegan for six months and I gained so much weight because <laughs> I was just eating so much like nut-based uh, sugar products. I don't know what the fuck I was doing. Jesus peanut Christ. butter is, I live off peanut butter now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but somebody asked me also how I'm dealing with being vegan um, and what do I think about the kids and stuff. And I have to come clean. Yeah. I am no longer a vegan. And this is... This is awful. I really, I, I'm embarrassed. I'm, I'm actually embarrassed to say it because I obviously seem like such a vegan. You know, I just look like a vegan. You got that vegan glow. Um, I am mostly vegan. I live my life as a vegan. Mm-hmm. You have the spirituality and the kind of effortless grace of a vegan. But I just found it slightly impossible to, um, not that I want to lose weight uh-huh. particularly, um, sure, maybe three stone. But, sure, 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 sure. Um, Sometimes just like, <laughs> I just like get rid of, you know. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of inches. Just my massive lunch lady ass. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're in a good mood today. That was a risk you saying that, but you yeah, that's funny. Thank you. Um, anyway, so I, I m- meat, meat is the only way that you can actually feel kind of, full and kind of restrict it's it's really annoying but i still can't bring myself to eat chicken but and also after um bleeding for so long after the birth Mm -hmm. i must have felt like you were craving i needed some steak i i crave steak anytime that i'm on my period yeah i had to i just had to and now eat alfie for the new year 
on one of his new regimes, he's doing keto, uh-huh. which is disgusting. But um, it's kind of impossible to eat together if I'm not eating a bit of meat. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We flirted with keto before, haven't we? Mm. When I think we were doing Edinburgh. Keto is brilliant for that, but we were grieving so hard. I think that we didn't even notice. Oh, yeah, I think, yeah, exactly. I, don't, I think that we weren't even like registering what we were even. I was thinking about lives. that yesterday because we didn't have dinner once. No. We just had peanuts yeah, the entire yeah, yeah. time. We were just snacking on um, the, what are they? The KP. H, the KP. Uh, roasted peanuts. Roasted, the, 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 the barbecue flavoured ones, right? No. Yeah, they're barbecue. They're kind of like, they mm. have that, that smoky taste. Mm. That was literally all we lived on. Yeah. Which is so unhealthy. And actually, this is something I thought would be interesting to talk about. Um, where do you kind of draw the line between health and like the optics? Because it's so easy um, to sort of go on a health kick and say that you're doing it for like the benefits for yourself, right? With something like keto. But actually, when you, if you're doing it to lose weight, you're probably not going to actually be helping your insides. And something I've noticed recently is that uh, having tried to cut out carbs and sugar for years and years and years and years, as I'm sure both of us have, finally incorporating carbs and stuff into my diet now, I just feel so much happier. And I don't know if it's just because I now know that I don't have to constantly like be afraid of like if I do eat like a biscuit or something or whatever to like punish myself for it um or if it's because carbs genuinely make you like more stabilized and your mood more stabilized or something like that but I just thought that was like a really interesting thing because I don't know now considering how much happier I feel having a more balanced diet I obviously still try and like be moderate and all that but do you think that the mood how shitty you feel when you're really restricting do you think it's worth it? If it makes you feel well, better physically. Right, lately, because we've been doing keto, um, It the only reason I did it is because I read that you get through the first bit of it being you have, like, fatigue. Yeah, and the flu, right. Mm, and then you have this amazing energy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it really is true. You wow. have this amazing energy suddenly. And that's why... Um, I tried to stop drinking coffee, mm-hmm. which has obviously gone out the window. But I tried to stop drinking coffee, went through that ordeal of not drinking coffee to come out the other side. And I suddenly didn't have this kind of ticking in my head of stress all mm-hmm. the time and anxiety. And that's come back. But now I enjoy drinking coffee and I know I'm going to get that ticking. But it's kind of less... I think once you know your limits and what is good for you and what is actually bad for you and makes you feel bad, mm-hmm. then it's kind of easier to stick to something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you basically just have to play it by ear, don't you? Yeah, but you just, I think the the most boring thing is true, which is moderation is the best thing. Balance, totally. Being balanced. Yeah, exactly. You can't just like cut out a complete entire food group and expect your body or your brain or your mind or whatever to, to not kind of like feel shitty a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I think moderation, genu- I mean, what's so annoying about it as well is moderation is genuine what they teach you at school. Mm-hmm. They're like, eat a healthy, balanced diet. Eat part of this food group and part of this food group and whatever. And they show you the charts and the pyramids and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then you spend the next 10 years fucking your body up because you're like, no, 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 no. That was all crazy. I'm going to go on this diet that's telling me that, you know, it provides this benefit and yeah. this benefit and this benefit. <laughs> and now it's like, I should have just fucking like, but just we've got, listened to what they said in school. But we've got the same mentality of we want something for free. Exactly. Exactly. So I think everyone wants something for free. So right now um, on the keto thing, you can have zero noodles, which mm-hmm. I've never had before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I never let myself eat noodles because I thought, oh no, they're like carbs. You can't yeah. eat noodles, yeah. even though I find them the most delicious thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And now that these zero noodles have come into my life, I'm like, where have they been? Oh and they are gosh. still disgusting. No, no. But I... they have, they rep, they, 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 they look like noodles. They feel like noodles. Maybe they fill the void a little. They do fill the void. void. I remember getting into zero noodles about five years ago and bulk <laughs> buying. 
three cases of them. And after two or three experiences of being like, oh my God, these really hit that craving. I then suddenly became so disgusted with them that this bo- th- these boxes of this like gelatin like mixture just sat in the pantry for like two years, genuinely. Yeah. And I am starving like half an hour after dinner. Yeah, exactly. Which is which never is a good really sign, shit. right? Yeah. Well, I think when you d- like remove something and you deprive yourself, mm-hmm. you just suddenly, you do realize, oh, actually, this mm-hmm. is not worth it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Oh, I was going to say something. I forgot what I was going to say. I think it was about noodles, something beautiful about noodles. I made some noodles the other night. Did, made noodles? No, no, not obviously made them. It wasn't like <laughs> I cooked with them. Is that a thing? Can you, like, you can homemade pasta? Can yeah, you homemade of course. I'm sure, I'm sure you could homemade noodles. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I never thought about that. But yeah, I, I made noodles the other night and I like it was incredibly freeing. Mm. It was like... My God, I'm like just a normal person cooking with the normal yeah. ingredients, you know? Yeah. And having a boyfriend obviously means that you don't have the option to like be mental all the time. You can pretend for the first couple of months like, oh, I'm just not hungry. Like, just oh, hungry. you just eat whatever. And then you have to... Um, I'll just have the commit. broccoli. <laughs> and you have just to the commit. Broccoli. And yeah, but it's just been such a nice eye-opening experience. Yeah, I think you have to accept if you're in a relationship, you have to... You have to normalize your food exactly. a little bit unless you have a you know a boyfriend who wants to just eat broccoli yeah 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 exactly but basically it's just interesting to come to like the end of an era really in terms of like dieting and whatnot and look back and be like that was so disordered and ultimately completely unhelpful because yeah. I constantly felt miserable by the way yeah. I looked I constantly felt like I was fluctuating I constantly felt like I was never looking my best or that I wasn't trying hard enough and the second that you let all of that go and you just try something that's a bit more balanced and based on like how you actually feel inside it just kind of it's so difficult to not be angry at yourself for all of the wasted time yeah. and whatnot it's exactly the same with um m- mentality in in a way with kind of lately I've been trying to be more fuck it. Like mm-hmm. we said this the other day. Yeah. But I overthink everything and I get worried too much. I constantly think about working. And lately I just, I've been really trying to have something happen. And then instead of over dramatizing it and kind of getting stressed, just to immediately think, yeah, it actually doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And um, that's something that will take years to for me to accomplish and yeah. actually be a more positive person. Mm-hmm. And I, I do go through every couple of years, I do do the Google search, like, what's the best book on positivity? Yeah. <laughs> There's always the secret, but mm-hmm. I don't want to read the secret. Any, I think, like, the, the secret is like a, a dog whistle, you know? When, it, when, it, when it, it, it's something that represents something else. <laughs> I thought that the, sec- the, the secret of the secret is you have to hear a dog whistle. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> dog, whistles, dog whistle is like a term when people say something and they, 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 what they, they're meaning something else. Like, they, they use the term dog whistle in politics. When somebody says that they care about law and order, it's a dog whistle to people who um, are kind of racist and want to see, like, harsher criminal, like, penalties placed on, like... So only dogs can hear it? It's, it's, it's supposed to be representative of the fact that, like, only certain people will hear it at a certain pitch. So it's right. like, it's a term that's used for kind of disguising language. And I think that the secret is quite an interesting dog whistle for um, if you see anybody talking about the secret or posting about the secret on Facebook, you know that they're like flirting with the idea of Scientology, but like oh. they're not quite on the way there yet. Because that explains the people who told me about the secret. Because it's they're, a freak, they're... like, do you know what I mean? Like the secret, it do, it do, it's just complete bullshit. Like you visualize a red bicycle and a red bicycle appears outside of your door type of thing. And it just, it's like one step 
behind Scientology where we're, we're all like aliens living. So you just got to be careful if anybody tells you to read the book, The Secret. They're trying I'll to tell you, you after to who recommended The Secret to me. And you will, you'll be surprised. You no won't way. be surprised, yeah. Oh, He's can't. on his way. He's on his way. <laughs> Loads of actors um, get into The Secret because it kind of helps you justify these like crazy ambitious dreams that you mm. have. And if you just, because apparently Jim Carrey wrote a million dollar check to himself five years before he got cast yeah. in his big... Uh, he's not a Scientologist, is he? I mean, I don't think he's a Scientologist, but he does believe in the secret, or at least he's used as an example of the secret. He wrote a million dollar check to himself uh, f and he was going to cash it in five years time. He wrote the date and that was the day he got cast in like, I don't know, the Truman Show or something mm -hmm. like that. And 15 million, 15 million. So okay, the there Truman we go. Show, The Mask, Ace Ventura... He, he was on a string of like yeah. good luck and apparently because he visualised it and he believed that was going to happen. And so actors use that example to be like, I'm getting this role and whatever. And it just means, what do you then tell yourself when that thing doesn't work out? Do you like... No, but then you say, well, what's meant to be, what's meant to be? Exactly. That was meant to happen because actually this is going to direct my path in this way. It's all just like such psycho... I would Bullshit, love. You know? I just would love to believe in everything happens for a reason, and what? Oh, it then that wasn't meant to be. I would just love that. But then, what? What use is all of the suffering in the world inflicted on, like, unbelievably innocent people on children? Like, just the complete wealth disparity of the world. Exactly. How completely unbalanced everything is. It just is too easy for people in relatively privileged lives to think that things happen for a reason because we still believe that like we're all special and life is about us and if we had even just a taste of what it was like for somebody mm. in a more difficult position they would never be so foolish as to think like things happen for a reason you know yeah I think um, I used to want to be more of a dreamer and more idealistic um but lately oh sorry Lately, especially, and I think I was on the way before Ben, but now especially I'm kind of like, I really have such low expectation for, and, and I don't let myself ever date, date, oh, I don't let myself ever even daydream. Um, and I was talking to Alfie about this yesterday, because I said, do you, do you, that was a big vomit, wasn't it? Sorry. You're Sorry. Okay. You know, he just wants to be on the podcast, basically. Exactly, <laughs> just why. an attention seeker. You, know, you just want to make some points. Did you read The Secret? <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I said, do you ever dream? And he was like, yeah, all the time. And it made me, because I've spent so many hours with him, um, sometimes you forget crucial parts of their personality because they're parts that you don't really come into the our daily lives mm -hmm. because we're so busy doing parenting or mm -hmm. trying to work or trying to homeschool or whatever. So it's like you don't see a core part of his personality is actually a, a really positive, Optimism. optimistic person. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry you're with me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I suddenly just felt so sorry for him that he's with such a negative kind of not sad because I'm not a sad person but I'm definitely a I when something bad-ish even bad-ish happens you could I'm like yeah, yeah that's that of course that was gonna happen but that's a family trait we all do yeah that. I know and also I think that you're being too harsh on yourself you're definitely not a negative person you, you are no absolutely not like I think a negative person is someone I, I would define as having a heavy energy with them they could still be a dreamer by the way but their negative energy because life around them isn't good enough and isn't pleasing them you are actually somebody that carries a lot of light with you and stuff like that you can be quite what? yeah me yeah 
I don't think I do. I always feel better after seeing you. When oh. I don't see you for a week, I'm, it's no surprise that I, I feel shitty about myself and, I, and we get into a fight when we see each other because you're somebody that I, that like, just makes me feel so much better just to be alive, genuinely. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, you have oh, a really, you. really positive energy. You have I'm a very a, negative energy. I'm a very, yeah. no, 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 I'm a witch. I'm an actual when cursed I, when witch. When I don't see you for a while, I just feel so much better God, and yeah, lighter. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, Honestly, exactly I'm a witch, same. I'm a witch. No, um, you're the same. I, I, you, you, you do, you have a, you, but you're, you're the, the person in my life that is the most changeable though. Sure. You can, you within half an hour you oh, can gotcha. go from oh yeah yeah yeah. i was okay. buzzing yesterday i was like really in good mood i was fo- folding all these clothes on my bed which <laughs> you, you know means i'm in a good mood do you know what i mean like my you were folding gonna, clothes i was folding my clothes i was putting them up on the hangers i was using all the different little bits and i was like <laughs> trouser section here we're gonna color coordinate my tops <laughs> it was all great and then um mommy came in and she was like Oh hi, darling. Hi. She was like, "Your hair looks redder," and she said it in a way that was completely harmless, and I know intended just to be like, "Oh, it looks nice," but I interpreted it as, "You dyed it again. You fucked it up even more. Like how ridiculous." And honestly, my mood switched to darker <laughs> than like it, it was awful. So I, I do really resent that quality in myself that's like so easily offended by stuff. And yeah. it took me half an hour to build myself back up again until I could like skulk into the room and be like, so how was your day? <laughs> <laughs> it was so stupid. Yeah. It was so stupid. I, I'm like that too, but I'm, 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 that goes away a little bit with age, I think. And I don't know why it's like I'm regressing and having these like, I'm normally quite like calm and emotionally intelligent and nice. But for some reason I have these bubble moments of complete adolescent grumpiness like we were in the car the other day and I was trying to park and she just looked out the window and said we're not gonna make it in again in like a nice way in a teacherly way it wasn't her being mean and I honestly yanked the key out of it and I was like well fine then fine we're not gonna make it you don't think I'm gonna make it then we're not gonna make it and I stormed out of the car and she was like Bibi what the fuck and I was just like you just you make me feel really shitty sometimes it was so rude um, one invention that would really, really help my life right now, and this is not something that would ever get sold because it's too dangerous, mm-hmm. um, is a a dummy rope. So it's it kind of ties around the baby's head uh-huh. so that it just keeps the dummy in place. So when you put the baby to bed, and you also don't want the baby to vomit up all of the milk, you just fed him so that he actually sleeps. I think we can get that now. in adult size, but I'm pretty sure it's a BDSM type ball gag <laughs> I, want, I basically want a baby gag um just to just to keep it in place just for a little bit of time yeah, just yeah, so yeah, i can yeah. just have a shower that's a great idea that yeah that's a great idea you should invent that yourself well you, i do it when he's napping if i just like scrunch up a flannel and i put it next to his mouth on each side and i know he can't choke because i'm right there yeah but i wouldn't be brave enough to obviously do that and that exactly. would, you wouldn't that, that's not allowed okay well that's a very useful product then mm. isn't it that's not like a selfish indulgent product, no. is it? Which is not what I'm looking for. What are you Always looking on for? the market for a selfish indulgent product. What would actually help your life right now? <sighs> Maybe a sun cream that is perfectly balanced with the moisturizer that I like. Because I don't like the fact that sun cream makes your skin like so white. But I also don't like the fact that you have to put on two layers if your moisturizer doesn't have it. I mean, you know. Do you I not just... mix it with your moisturizer? I mean, what I do is I put on moisturizer first and then I put on the sun cream on top. Oh. You see, that's the that's the silly thing that I should do. I no, should mix them together. Yeah, I just mix Sensuben with um, La Roche Posay. I think it's just because I realized, like, I don't know applying sun cream is the one thing that you can do every day Mm -hmm. that is actually sensible and will prevent you getting wrinkles like there are a million products out there 
that you can use to try and like reduce fine lines and stuff after the fact. But sun cream is the one thing that you can use to stop Prevent. your skin. And that's yeah. what I'm only starting to realize now. So, But also um, I like the texture of sun cream. I love that. I know you're allergic to the one I use, but mm. um, I haven't been using it because I haven't been outside in yeah. um, a long time. Mm -hmm. So I haven't needed to use it and I really miss it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It adds a nice glow to the skin. Mm. You get that sun cream glow. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? That I hate UV glow. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's one thing that I wish I could find. So I got this, um, I, I saw um, this being advertised on Instagram, obviously, and I never buy anything mm -hmm. off Instagram. Mm -hmm. Oh, I do all the time, and it's almost always a terrible product, so. Really? Yeah. This is the first one I've done, so this is my first Instagram product. Um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's called The Seated Queen. That's a really good name. It is a very good name. You just think of a, a queen. I'm the sitting, seated queen. Sitting down. Probably she calls me pillow queen. Why is the queen sitting down? <laughs> Why is that a good thing? I mean, it's a good name for a queen, but is that, is that an expression, the seated queen? The seated queen, i.e. like I'm so luxurious and glamorous that I don't even have to, uh, you know, raise from my, my, my position. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. So she's a she's lazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. She's glamorous. I think that's what it's trying to imply, right? Well, I don't know why they called it this then. Maybe because it's a, it's a cream that is, I thought it was a, I'm looking for a new night cream. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a cold cream that you didn't know, you've never heard of Pond's cold cream? Well, I knew that cold cream was what women applied in the 1950s, right? And it was a very thick, like white cream, mm -hmm. right? And then you rub it on and then you use a flannel to take off your makeup. Ah. So that's why I thought you'd like it. Oh, cool, I've always been Because you wear like shit that. tons of makeup. Thanks, <laughs> bitch. Thanks. Um, look, it smells nice, it might relax you. That does smell lovely. Yeah. That smells really lovely. Oh, maybe, maybe give me and some and I'll it's free try. from parabens, lanolin, mineral oils, surfactants. Why does it feel like we are literally advertising literally. this like we're on the home shop? Give us network. a job. <laughs> give Genuinely us anything, a job. Anything at this point. Yeah. We can sell it. You Seated queen. It. It's about a queen sitting down. It's a whole story in there. Exactly. exactly. As you do your cream, you think of the queen. What kind of queen is she? Is she a good queen? Is she like a yas queen or is she like a... Royal. A royal queen. Is she a... Is she a, a political <laughs> queen? Is she a is she a drag queen? You know? What kind of queen is she? What kind of queen are you? But all we Tell do know below. <laughs> is that she sits on a nice chair. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah? Like us. Anyway, Ooh. I'm gonna try it. It's I it's quite because I'm so rigid mm -hmm. with my regime in terms of skincare and stuff. It's this is me rebelling mm -hmm. because I know I'll be allergic to it. Exactly. Actually I've even tried it, don't really like it. Yeah. <laughs> But it's like, I want to be able to use what normal people use, yeah. rather than having to use like pharmaceutical grade, like childcare skin, yeah. because that's the only stuff that doesn't have like allergens in it and whatever. It would be really nice just to be able to slap on a bit of this that my Try this using. one week. God, yeah, I wish I wasn't so allergic to everything. Yeah, same. Um, but yeah, you know, good for us. Good for us branching all out. All that actually things. matters, like sun cream, mm -hmm. all that actually does make a difference to skin is drinking water Yeah, and keeping your skin moisturized, however you do that. Absolutely. Okay. And isn't it mental that most boys around my age and sometimes even up to your age, and obviously when they're teenagers, just don't even, they don't, they haven't even conceptualized moisturizer. No. Yeah. I try and get Alfie to even just wash his face before he goes to bed. Yeah. And he's like, why would I do that? I know. It's just, why? it's just so bonkers, but I guess it's like, it makes sense in terms of like the different pressures that we put on like men and masculine people in life because 
ultimately it's it's that lack of care thing that we talk about like mm -hmm. that's the attractive thing but if you know at all uh, if a woman does that it just is nowhere near as attractive it's yes. just like such a, a double standard oh no I really wanted to be one of those girls who doesn't have to wear moisturizer and she's just so like laid back she doesn't even need to brush her hair gotcha I remember once I went out with a guy and I um wanted to keep up the impression of being kind of low-key. Mm -hmm. And so rather than having to kind of take my whole thing of Centraban to his house every day, and I, so I kept a makeup bag under um, his his bathroom, under his bar, um, sink, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I put it right at the back and there was all this hair and like gross stuff around it. But I said, this is the only place he will never look. Yeah. And he won't know that I need eye cream mm -hmm. and this and exfoliator. Yeah. And so I would go to the toilet at, before bed and I would like put the taps on and like, you know, pretend I was like, I don't know. And I just, why would I do that? Why didn't I just say, I need to wash my face and put on some cream? Why did I do that? I know, how silly, how silly. But I think lack of care is something that is the, uh, is the reoccurring argument I have mm -hmm. with Alfie and I think in general is with everyone. I think like even just um, little things show lack of care, but for them, the guy mm -hmm. usually mm -hmm. they don't they don't they, it's not them not caring yeah. at all mm -hmm. it's just that they don't understand why it would upset me that when he reads a children's book to them at night for fun and as a game he likes to chuck the book mm -hmm. so that it hits the wall and then rebounds and so that in the middle of the night when I'm walking to the bedroom I like trip over a book mm -hmm. and then in the morning I see that the book I've stood on and I'm like why did you throw the books again mm -hmm. why did you have to throw the Mr. Men book like that <coughs> why why couldn't you just put the Mr. Man book yeah, it's in, just the, in the normal place? Yeah, it's isn't it? Yeah. Is that because it's fun? It's yeah. just fun. I remember. <laughs> it's stupid. It's so, so, so dumb. It's Why so do you dumb. have to throw the book like that? They, 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 they like it. No, they, don't, they, they can probably live without that. <laughs> they have enough stimulation in the day. Yeah. Yeah. I remember um, I, I went out with someone for a while and... Uh, I was excited to see him after like we'd been like I we had been away. He'd been at a festival. If they go away to Glastonbury Festival, you know you're never seeing them again. Exactly. Well, also if somebody defines a lot of their personality based on the fact that they like festivals, you know that that's mm. probably never going to work out, right? Um, I had the same thing with a boyfriend when I was about nineteen. He went away to Glastonbury, and I didn't even really like him, but I thought. Um, I'll give him a chance when he gets back. But he went, he didn't just go to Glastonbury. He went from the Tuesday. Mm -hmm. you didn't, no one goes on a Tuesday. No one goes on the Tuesday. He, he left, maybe he was lying to me, but he basically was going for as long as possible. He got back on the Tuesday, the following Tuesday morning. So he was away for in, in total a week. And I'd already decided in my head this was over when, by the time he got back, just because he obviously back then he didn't even have a way of texting me or anything. So it was, it was just done. But in his head, he had a great time. And then when I arrived, um, at his house when he got back, he was sitting in a similar disgusting way, kind of like shriveled up with three jacket potatoes with three tins of baked beans. <laughs> it was like not a plate. It was like a a wheel. He was eating off a just, it was huge, this plate. And I counted everything. And he was like, do you want some? I was like, I'm okay. <laughs> I mean, it's just so funny, isn't it? Like the the, the way that you feel when you realise maybe you're not as into someone as you thought they were, the second you watch them eating something gross, you realise <laughs> I have no love for you. Yeah, None. If they eat something gross and you still love them. Then who gives a fuck? Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh my God. 
realizing I didn't fancy someone when he took a photo, kept taking photos of his dinner that he'd cooked himself and sending them to me. And I just started ghosting him <laughs> because it was like, I never want to see you again. I yeah. never, ever want to see you again. Food so, photos. People who take a lot of food photos. It's a great way to test out a relationship. Mm. If you're questioning whether or not the other person really likes you, try and do something that grosses them out because yeah. you will get ghosted or a proposal. There mm-hmm. we go. That's our theory. Yes. Good, good, good shout. But uh, I... Good shout. Good shout. Good, 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 good shout. I was literally thinking as I said that. I was thinking of that photo of Marge Simpson. Um, <laughs> anyway, somebody also said, is there anybody out there, this is um, on our Patreon, who wants to get into acting for fun? And mm-hmm. I thought that was really nice because so much of the time people ask us, if you want to get into acting, how do you do it? How do you get an agent? Blah, blah. Yeah, with wild eyes. Like, how do you get into acting? <laughs> <laughs> Sweet rejection. Um, <laughs> anyway, for fun, it's nice, yeah? And then somebody said, you know, is it is it fun being an extra? Which you can't call them extras anymore. You have to call them sporting artists. But it made me think of my first experience into acting when I didn't even know that I would actually in a few months get a job, sure. which is just beyond me. And that job would be Harry Potter, which again is ridiculous. Anyway, three, months, three months before I was in an actual Hollywood film, um, I was an extra, and I don't think anyone really knows this, although it's on my CV. Cranford Girl. Um, it was my first job. I thought when the ch- children's agent rang me up and said, "You're oh, yeah, it's two days. Um, I thought it was a part. Yeah. Um, village Girl. Yeah. Um, not a big part, but still Village Girl. Yeah. It sounds nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so m- <laughs> mummy drove me to the middle of nowhere in the country. And again, I thought, this is normal. You know, like, this is, I'm still arrived. Going to location. Yeah, yeah. no big deal. <laughs> and I basically realised very quickly that I was <laughs> not the main part. <laughs> and it was, it was, it was a really good experience because it was, it was raining so heavily Mm -hmm. and Judy Dench was in Cranford Mm -hmm. and so was this up and coming rising star who was my age, Kimberly Nixon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. From Fresh Meat. From Fresh Meat. And I remember looking at her and thinking, she's got the part I want. And we were in this big crowd scene when it had stopped raining and she was the main um, thing in the scene, Kimberly Nixon. And I I just wanted to get to the front just so I could scowl at her. (laughs) But I wasn't, I was put right at the back. And we had to kind of like clap. It was like a wedding scene or something. Clap at the wedding. And um, you can see me in the scene. And I am just scowling. <laughs> Everyone else is clapping, but I'm just standing there just doing like a half clap and just like at Kimberly Nixon. Jesus Christ. Because also once you're there, you can't get out. No, if you had known, like you wouldn't have signed up to that. But that's what's really difficult about those kind of situations because you always think it sounds fun, uh, you know, theoretically. But then you get there and you're like, Oh my God, I would rather be doing anything else. Remember when we were extras in St. Trillian's? <laughs> the first one. Um, I must have been, what, like eight or nine? But that was a fun day because it was in central London. It was the big scene where... Where they're, they're at, like, they're doing QI or something. Oh, yeah. No, they're doing like a university challenge type thing. And you were still in, you were in love with Colin Firth. I was, and he waved oh, at you. Oh my God, it was actually quite, it was quite a dream. <laughs> yeah, it was actually quite a dream. <laughs> now we think about it, it was actually quite a dream. And also um, we were in central London, so on the breaks, we could just sit on the nice streets and it was sunny. It was actually a lovely day. Yeah, but you're confusing. It wasn't in central London. We met in central London and then we were caught at out to like that big uh, estate. It wasn't. It wasn't oh in central You probably backed it out slightly. I Basically, have. we were put in a big room in. I don't London. want the memories back. 
<laughs> I was wearing I was wearing the flowery dress, you know, the one that you wore to the premiere that I also now have in my wardrobe at home. So that dress has been on a long journey with all of us. And um, we were told, okay, we're going to put you in two halves. One of you is going to be the schoolgirls. And, you know, we're going to give you, like, the hockey sticks and all the uniforms and all that kind of stuff. And I desperately, desperately wanted that. And then the half of you are just going to stay in your old clothes. And we were so close to being on the schoolgirl side, but we weren't picked. So then we were just, like, the crowd and we just had to clap. And I just, I felt so heartbroken the whole day that I didn't get to be no, a schoolgirl. You, you, no, but you were really sweet. You were so happy to be there. And I loved being there with you because at that point I didn't have any ambition to be an actress. So mm. I was kind of just enjoying the day. And that's the trick. If you can try and sure. take out any expectation... <laughs> and hope for, for the day, mm -hmm. just experience it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, I, on the Cranford day, it started bucketing with rain, and immediately, Judy Dench, Kimberly Nixon were carted off to um, shelter. Mm -hmm. We weren't. <laughs> we just had to stay in this field, getting soaked. Yeah, they do treat supporting artists like shit Awfully. sometimes. Like, you have to have you have to have real sort of strength of character to endure some of the patronizing shit that they do. To, mm. Because I just think it, again, highlights how ridiculously famous actors are treated on sets. Like, you would think that these were like shamans or gods or mm -hmm. something. It's like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, this is somebody that's good at something like acting, which is actually pretty easy to be good at. They've been lucky enough to like have a really good career path. And sure, you know, maybe they're quite important to the plot of the film, but like, they're not the only person working on it. And yet, the way that they're treated compared to how, like, the lowly crew or, like, I mean, Jesus Christ, supporting artists, Jesus Christ, yeah. is so mental that actually I just think that they don't want people to know how bad it is. But then it creeps out when you get kind of clips on the internet from, like, Tom Cruise shouting at yeah. someone or, yeah. or what's his name, the the Makina guy. Christian, Christian Bale. Bale shouting. Um, it is true. And, and it seeps into an actor's... What you, if you're if you're built up like that very early in your career, if you're a young actor working, when you're suddenly not the 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 main part or mm -hmm. as big a role as you had, or someone's not treat you're not getting all the attention from the director, it really affects you. Yeah. Like I had a similar. Well, I had it was just oh, it was so awful. But, but because obviously in Harry Potter six, I was quite like a, a nice big part, mm -hmm. and when I was contracted for the last two films. Um, I obviously, I was a tiny part. I mean, I just die, basically. Mm -hmm. And then that's it. But I... Had that great werewolf mm -hmm. killing scene. <laughs> Johnny, and, Johnny and Margot watched it the other day and then they tried to reenact it. Oh, wow. Yeah, they asked why I wasn't dead oh, if wow. I died in the film, which was really sweet. Um, anyway, I had gained a lot of weight between the, the films. God, we love chatting about this shit. Though. Yeah, I know. But I was thinking about the other day because it's so sad because mm. I gained all this weight and I felt so insecure and... And I remember going onto the set for the first time for the Deathly Hallows and thinking, they're not going to recognise me. No one's going to recognise me. And also, I'm not. A, I'm. I'm basically an extra in this film. So I remember walking past one of the lead actors and thinking, they're just not going to say hello to me because obviously I'm fat now and I'm not a big part. And I think. I think it was Rupert who was lovely. I think he said hello to me. And I remember. I remember. <laughs> so sad. I remember being like, don't look at me. <laughs> don't look at me. You're a, you're a famous actor. Don't look at me. Even though I had just been in a film with yeah, him. Yeah. I, he, he was, you know, technically a friend. Mm -hmm. It was one of them. I don't know if it was Rupert, but that's how my self-esteem was so low because I'd been put on this kind of, had this pedestal pedestal in the previous mm -hmm. time. And it was just so stupid. Mm -hmm. And I still feel like that. Like, um, 
Have I talked about the Daniel Radcliffe thing in Soho? No. It was a, it was a similar thing when I was in Soho Square and it was around this period of time and Daniel had just started becoming this star. I think he was doing Equus or something. I don't know what he was doing. Did he do Equus during Harry Potter? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, he was he was big. He had these two huge bodyguards with him. So he look, he was so obvious walking around because of these two huge bodyguards. And um, I saw him in Soho Square and I instinctively went, Daniel! And he, he they immediately, the bodyguards went, like, <laughs> it's around him. And I, I just went, oh, no, sorry, it's, it's Jesse, it's Jesse. I, you know, I, and, and he looked at me and he went, oh, yes, Jesse, hello, how are you? I, it was a really nice chat. Mm-hmm. He was like, you know, we were really friendly with each other. When he we was such a nice He was guy, lovely. He? And so he had a nice, funny chat with him. But then it was clear that he had to go. And I was like, okay, cool, see you later, bye. And he turned around and then he just kept walking the same way I was walking, but like a couple of feet in front of me didn't look back so I was just now following him <laughs> so embarrassing I didn't think to say oh I'm walking the same way do you want to mm. walk the same way mm-hmm. but because I was like you know you're you're you are Daniel Radcliffe mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I am just lowly yeah <laughs> it's so weird mm-hmm. isn't it mm-hmm. how it, it really, affects really you. is like if you met a really famous friend now yeah. how would you I don't know. I mean, I've been in that situation before where you're like, you bump into someone and you're just like not quite prepared. I think that your brain immediately tries to jump to either like quite forced familiarity, like, oh, mate, yeah, how have I been? Whatever. (laughs) Or I just retreat into, I almost try and act like aloof and cool because I'm so nervous type of thing Mm -hmm. that like... I'm not important enough to see that person. Cold. So I'm just sort of like, yeah, no, like whatever, whatever. But actually, the nice thing to do would just to be honest and interact with that person as a and, human and, and not be pretentious about it. Definitely, um, and also it seems so silly now. Exactly, like, because it's like, what is celebrity anyway? Like, celebrity culture is so hilariously backward, and the fact that the uh, the pandemic has taught us all how kind of like uh, inessential celebrity mm-hmm. really is in terms of like the world and everything like that we should all just like take a big collective look at how we treat and idolize certain people and how that contributes to like such warped attitudes I think that trickles down into so many different elements of life like mm-hmm. you know beauty and um I don't know like work and everything like that I just think it is it's I mean this is not at all coming from like a bitterness place of like oh you know I wish I was famous or something like that mm-hmm. because I genuinely don't think that famous people experience the world in the same way that normal people do. And I almost feel sorry for them in a way because they just, I just think that things should be more balanced. Yeah, it's so true. Very good point. I think that we've talked about enough. We really yeah, have. Yeah. I think that we've, we've done a lot. We talked about, you know, things. We've been hard hitting today. Yeah, we've had a few anecdotes. Exactly. I think we passed the Bechdel test this time around. Bitch, snarky bitch. <laughs> You're a snarky bitch who ever left that fucking comment. <laughs> Oh, maybe she was being... Mm, yeah. No, she wasn't. She was being slightly patronising. And also, have you found that some You people... can't call someone a snarky bitch. <laughs> joking, joking. Um, it, like, do you find it funny that some people, like, leave comments on our YouTube and stuff that are, like... Not, like, insulting or criticising, because I think that's natural when it comes to, like, anything that you're putting yourself out onto. Wait, what? It's very... No, 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 sorry. I was just thinking... <laughs> you're looking at me like this. <laughs> <laughs> don't talk about this I know. do you find it funny that some people leave comments that kind of imply that we're just like a bit dumb or that we're like 
phobic of certain well, then areas why the and fuck topics. are you watching why are you Don't watching watch. then like if you got to this point in the video yeah. then clearly you support us on some level even if it's a subconscious one do you know this what I mean this is our therapy okay? maybe maybe you know what I was talking about earlier when I said that there are certain people online who I hate what they do and I judge it very harshly and yet I'm still intrigued by them and mm, I keep returning back maybe we're those people for, for these mm-hmm. commenters definitely and if so babe you need to you need to sort out your addiction clearly you yeah. know because we're not going to save you. We're not going to save you. We can't save you. We can't even save ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, have so. a good have a good week, everybody. Have a good week, everybody. Thank you for. Um, I hope you enjoy our Patreon video of BB cutting my hair. She's going to correct my terrible haircut, slanting haircut. The hairdresser story, which I did write about on Patreon, if you read that, uh, it's now ext- it looks even more lopsided mm-hmm. now. How did that happen? So you'll see it in a minute and you'll be shocked. I'm very excited. Yeah. Uh, And yeah, thank you again if you've pre-ordered my book. That's really nice. We love you. Yeah. Have a nice day. 